Hey Pioneers, welcome to episode number 373. Today's episode is a special one because we are going to be talking with a actually very good friend of mine, Mr. Rory Feek, but something that he probably is not known as well for as being a Grammy award-winning artist as part of the duo, Joey and Rory. And that is an experiment that he is doing this, well, this year, but he started to undertake it last summer. And I found it fascinating when he shared with me what he was doing and asked him, I'm like, I said, will you please come on the podcast? Like, I find this very intriguing and I would love to talk with you about it further. So he is coming on to share that with us. And this was such a wonderful conversation. I know it is going to bless you as much as it blessed me. And remember, we talk about a lot of things and we will have those links for you at the blog post that accompanies this episode and that you can find at melissaknorris.com forward slash 373. That's just the number 373. Well, because this is episode number 373. You probably have that memorized and could say it with me now because I say that like every episode. It's, it's part of this show. So thank you so much for joining me today and we are going to get to this episode. But before we get fully into it, our sponsor for today's podcast episode is Azure Standard. Azure Standard has become a staple here on our homestead for so many different reasons, from the kitchen to cleaning supplies and to our livestock. Now, for those of you who have been following me on Instagram, I am going to try to get through this without tearing up. I will do a full podcast episode on this coming up shortly, but we lost our dear Clover, who was our milk cow last week. But that that being said, we used Azure Standard for our organic alfalfa pellets that I would help supplement her feed with, especially when she was in milk. So we don't really grain our animals very much, we very minimally for some specific reasons, which I'll get into, but our animals are primarily grass-fed, grass-finished, etc. Even though my dairy cow, we were not ever planning on butchering her. Um, but when she was in milk, she, we wanted to make sure that she was getting extra nutrients. And so I would supplement at milking time and would give her these alfalfa pellets which are certified organic, and that means non-GMO because alfalfa, unfortunately, I guess depending upon how you look at it, I look at it as unfortunate because we started to try to stay away from genetically modified products. Um, so organic alfalfa pellets mean that they are not genetically modified. And I love them. And you can feed alfalfa pellets, of course, to any, any animal that can eat alfalfa. They are a great way, especially if you don't have a ton of space to store alfalfa hay, etc., but to get them some of those nutrients. So that is one of the items that we always have on hand here on the homestead for our animals. Now we will get to this episode. You have been waiting patiently and my friends, it is worth the wait. Well, Rory, welcome to the Pioneering Today podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this with you because I have to be honest, when I first heard that you were doing this, I feel a very much of a push pull. Part of me is very intrigued by it. And part of me 
wonders what it would be like to do what you're doing. But then there's this other part of me. Um, and so we'll just kind of get into that. I, I want to um, want to hear how it's going, what you're doing. And I, I think there's a lot of really interesting things to talk about. So for, for our listeners, so Rory, you are doing basically kind of an experiment um, for a year and remind me how far into this experiment are you right now at our time of recording? Well, I'm glad you, you brought up what it is that I'm doing. Cause I'm, I'm actually like you, I'm doing so many things at one time. I wasn't really sure which thing you're talking about. We are, <laughs> if it's our homestead festival, launching our own TV network, homestead channel. If it's the concert change, we're going to do this. There's all kinds of things happening. But yes, I am five months into taking a year off, disconnecting from the web, from the internet. So that started August 1st, and um, we are talking, uh, what is it, the 4th of January today, something like yeah. that. So <clears throat> my little girl helps me count all the time because we also added an additional thing on top of it that we weren't going to watch any movies, even though technically I could have you know, got a VCR and watch movies. We're, we're not going to consume anything like that. So she knows there's another five or six months or something like that before whatever, however long it is till we can watch another movie. So she's keeping better count of it than I am. But yes, that's what we're doing is we're taking a year off of the web. Uh, Just something I've been thinking about doing for a long time. I'm already, I've been on a flip phone for three years. I've been without texting for, I don't know, a year and a half or two years. And then uh, this summer, I just decided to take a whole year off with no connection um, on the on the web or internet, with the hope that I would be able to connect at a deeper level uh, with other things, with my family, with my friends, with my my our farm, our community, with faith, all those kind of things. And so it's been it's been quite a journey. It's been fun, super fun. Now it's a new year already. Yeah, here we are. And okay, I didn't know um, actually about the movie part of it. So, so bless Indy's heart. That is something I think my own kids would have a little bit of of a challenge with. So I love that she's she's doing the countdown with you. Um, so for context with that, I find this really intriguing because like you, you know, you're saying all of the things that you are involved with and have going on and you, a good portion uh, from my perspective, I should say, and understanding is, you know, you do use the internet for your business, for your, your livelihood in a lot of senses and, and how to get, you know, word of mouth out and let people know about things. And so how is that working or has it impacted at all? Or you just had things set in place where other people would be able to upload things like when you have the tickets for the festival going on sale and yeah. you know, different things like that. So kind of how is that? Because I also work from our homestead, but in within world. an internet capacity. Yeah. So I'm very intrigued how you kind of made uh, that work. And if you set any special parameters around that. Yeah, the, the parameters for me, and of course, there's no rules. These are all just like made up things that are, they're my rules. <clears throat> but my rules are I'm not on the internet. I'm not Googling anything. I'm not watching. I'm not listening. I'm not uh, consuming. There's no email. There's no, it's just no, like I'm here at my farmhouse. And I, I literally climbed up on the the porch and cut the internet <coughs> connection. Now <clears throat> our farm's 100 acres, and we have we have a one room schoolhouse across the parking lot. We have a concert hall, a big concert hall. We have a milk house. We have other homes. 
my my other family members, all kinds of stuff here. And so they're all wired as can be doing what they do all the time. And so we have lots of different people who do different things here. So they all could continue doing all the things they do. So I'm already, um, even though we have a very strong digital or um, web presence, it's not really me. And it hasn't been me for a long time. So what this happened to be is just make it really clear that none of it is me. So it really empowered everyone around me because when I came back, we were in Montana for a month, the month of July. And when I came home, actually before I left, because again, when you make that choice, you don't have any GPS to get home from Montana. It starts to impact every single thing that you do. And so I let them all know. And of course they're like, well, how's this going to happen? Because we have a lot of things in the works and it just means you guys are going to do great. Um, and I'm going to be I'm going to be as helpful as I can be with what I do. And so I have lots of there's lots of things I can do and I can I'm super creative. I can write. It's not a technology fast. It's really a fast from fast is what it is more than anything else from everything, you know, fast and, and deeply connected. And so um, I have a laptop I can write on. I can I can do that kind of stuff, but I just I don't have any connection to anything. So it's a place where I could write and create. I have. I could still, I have a camera and I can still make things and create things. I just can't download anything I want. I can't look at anything. I can't, I mean, my meaning, I can't, uh, if I want to use a song, I can't go get a song. I can't, I can't do anything. I can use what I have and what I make myself. So, but they can do anything they want. And so that it actually, rather than being a problem, like everybody was concerned it would be, it's turned into being wow, we are way more efficient and everybody's doing a way better job. And our business is all the business things we do are are doing better than they probably ever have. And I think rather than in spite of the fact that I'm not on the internet, it's because of it, because I'm better and they're more empowered and, you know, things like that. So it's been great. Yeah. I, I do find it very intriguing because like I said, I was really thinking about it because when you first told me you were doing this uh, and which we could talk on the phone because it, that's not the internet. And so that's how you and I've been able to, to stay into communication. And there was part of me when you said it, I was like, I don't want to use the word jealous because that's not really the correct feeling that I had. But part of me was like, oh, what would that be like? Like, what would it be right. if I wasn't on, you know, and I do handle my, my social media. Um, I am still the person that's on there, like, you know, answering people's questions and comments and stuff. So I very much am involved, yeah. but it, it made me think, I'm like, what would that be like? Like, how would my life be different? How would, you know, just kind of thinking about it. And then on the flip side, um, because when I was at the Homestead Festival, your guys's first festival that you had last June, uh, there was an Amish panel, which was very fascinating. And I was so glad that you did that. And, you know, they were talking about their way of life and how obviously they are not, you know, using the internet and and talking about that. And what was interesting is because there's a a part of my heart that very much is, is drawn to that. And I think a lot of homesteaders who are listening are going to feel that too. But I was standing next mm-hmm. to a very dear friend of mine who is Ann Briggs, Ann of all trades. And mm-hmm. and then I was looking at you on stage because you were leading that. And I <clears> thought, you know, if I didn't have the internet, 
I would have, well, possibly it would have just been a different avenue, but I would not have met Anne. I don't know if I would have met you. Like that is how I've actually met people and then been able to create, you know, deeper, uh, actual true friendships and that type of thing. So I felt like this very, still, I'm still conflicted. Like part of me really liked the idea of it. And then the other part is just not sure. And obviously it's for every person. Like you said, it's something you decided to do for you. But I, I have kind of had that that push-pull fascination with it, I have to say. Yeah. Well, everyone I know does. And and it's all it's been that way because I'm a I was an early adopter. I I say this quite often as I was a very early adopter on at least creatively. I was a songwriter for a long time and then oh gosh, two thousand six or seven, somewhere along the line. I don't I don't even, maybe it was earlier than that. I don't know when it was. I a friend of mine bought an iBook and we, I played a show that made enough money to be able to buy this, and my wife let me buy it. And it was a game, it just sort of, it changed everything. I mean, it just changed everything for me. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh my gosh, the possibilities are endless. I'm an illustrator. I'm a writer. I'm a video editor. I'm a studio you know, producer. It's like, you could do anything where before, you, you, you know, it took a village of all sorts of folks, folks so... Anyway, and of course, I was. We bought the first iPhones. We bought, you know, first iPads. I mean, I've been very good at like, I'm really good with technology, and I know how to use it really well. But I am also a very early um, dropper. Mm-hmm. And what's happened is over time, I've just realized these tools that at first are completely enamoring and helpful, mm-hmm. I start to realize as we all do that, uh uh-oh, there's heavy prices we pay for all this. Of course, there's amazing things that come with them. Uh, But but they all, just like everything in life, they have a cost. And these are very unusual new costs. You know, they cost all of our attention. They cost, you know, family time. They cost, you know, so many different things that we've never really had to experience before. And so, as time's gone on, I've, I've been fairly good, especially the last number of years. My wife and I in 2014, we, as when our baby was about to be born, we decided to take a year off of the music industry. And so we, right in the height of our music industry, we said, let's take a year off and not do anything. Let's stop growing our career right in the peak. We had our own television show. Um, we had, all this stuff was going really, really well. Let's, let's don't do any of that. And let's hold out hope that it's that an incredible story is going to unfold in spite of the fact that we're not going to be pursuing one any longer. And and without us realizing it, that that act created it wasn't the act, but it it was almost like God knew that we were we needed that. And so an incredible story way beyond the story that we were telling or part of before started unfolding. And so we had taken that year off and we just went back to flip phones together and uh, and simplified during that time. And then so we've I've seen the power of it. And so a number of years later, I don't even know when, but maybe say three and a half years ago or something, I just um, I just bought a flip phone and and unplugged my iPhone and that was it. and but what's funny, coming back to what you originally said, is I'm surrounded by people. That's the first thing they see when they see my iPhone or they see me get a call. They will always say, men in particular, oh man, that's the dream right there. Oh, 
man, I do, I, I'd love that. And I'm like, you know, the difference between me and you is like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm just not someone, I don't want to look back and think about, you know, what would happen if I did. And I know it's good for me. So it's a little bit of early dropping, you know, like I dropped the, the, the I went to a flip phone mm-hmm. and then I removed texting and then, you know, but it, the goal is not, like you said, how would I have met you? How would we have met Anne? How would we have met, I mean, Joel Salatin, uh, yeah. his team sent me an email and invited me to come there. So there are wonderful things. So the problem isn't for me, the idea that it's good or bad, and we should have it or not have it. It's just uh, an experience for me to go, remember when we didn't have it? Uh-huh. What was it like? And could, it, could I be more in control of it? Could I pick and choose what I want of it? You know, and so this is this is the reason for it. It isn't a matter of, oh, I'm, I'm going to decide to go back in time. It's more like I'm going to decide that I decide. And this is helping me be able to do that. And I don't know what's going to happen at the end of this year, which is, um, you know, later this summer, whether I don't know what I'll do. But I, I, there are certain things I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm never going to go back to. But it mm-hmm. isn't that I think the Internet is terrible. I think it can be terrible. And, um, you know, I long for greater things than than being able to be connected. I, I want something more than being able to be connected to people all over the world at any moment. I want to be connected to my neighbors, right, you know, here and now. I want to be able to do that. And quite often the, the, uh, the things, these tools that are incredible completely destroy the other things that we used to take for granted and we had. So I'm just in the, in the process of rediscovering those. Yeah. Well, I just love how intentional and your thought process and kind of the the way that you think about it and become aware and the way that you decide to test it, because I, myself included, like, I think a lot of us would be like, oh, well, maybe I'll just, you know, um, I realize that there are some issues that it's causing. Like, I don't feel like I have enough time to do stuff, but if I actually track how long I'm just sitting on my phone scrolling and like, this is my hand being raised here in complete transparency, speaking for myself, um, you know, there are, there is more time available to me. It's how I'm choosing to use that time. And so, you know, I think that's really, really good to be just personally aware and responsible with that. But I also find it very fascinating that you're like, okay, well, I'm going to remove this for a whole year, you know, not a week, not a month, you know, you're going to really dive into it and experience it. And so I, yeah, I, I think it's a good conversation because I think it's something that we all, I know we're all aware of on one level, like all of us know we're probably spending too much time on screens in one way or, or another, or, you know, especially with our, our children, because like you said, with Indy and, and just wanting to watch movies, like I know when I was growing up, we didn't even have cable TV. You know, we, we didn't really have television. So it was uh, play with the neighbor kids or read a book or just go out and imagination play, you know, go out in the woods and I'd bend a vine maple over and pretend it was a horse. Cause if you got on the end of this vine maple and bounced, it would give you, you know, you could kind of get some extra air and I pretend I was galloping. Mm-hmm. And I look at a lot of kids today and even my kids live out in the country and on a farm and stuff, but even they don't do nearly as much of that. And of course we are in control and we can make those choices like you've done. But I think oftentimes we just kind of 
get in what's what's sort of uh, normal or our normal flow and we don't take the time to reflect and then make a decision to change that like to actually take the steps so i'm I'm going to be doing some reflecting myself. I've been really thinking about it, knowing that this interview is coming up and and kind of evaluating the way, you know, that I've, I've been using these types of tools as well. So I think it's a good conversation for just to get people thinking and, and make us, um, you know, make us aware. But one of the things I also wanted to talk about, because I, when I first came, gosh, I think this was like two years ago now. Uh, when I first came to your guys's farm, uh, my husband and, and the kids and I, and we, I really loved, even then you were very much focused on bringing more things into your community and your, uh, you know, your sister and their husbands, like your family was on the farm um, and you guys have the restaurant and, you know, and you were really, that was one of your main goals. Yeah. Then, and, the, and it still is. And so that actually, when we came back home, that is when we started implementing a lot of that too. So it's that ripple effect, but I'd love for you mm -hmm. to speak to that because again, sometimes it's like, people are like, yes, I'd, I'd love to do more in my community or have a tighter in-person community, like you said, neighbor, et cetera. But sometimes we have to be the people that start making those changes or implementing that it doesn't always just come to us. And I think you've done a really good job at cultivating that. So I'd love for you to just kind of share how, you know, how you've went about that and, and how that's been. Well, thank you. Um, I'm, you know, I'm like you, I'm just, uh, um, I'm just uh, blindly doing, making the best right choices that I can moment by moment. And sometimes they add up to extraordinary outcomes that even I, especially I, just sit on my porch and go, holy smokes, I never saw that coming. And, and most of my life these days is that. And what's really been fun for me is my wife and I, well, I mean, I was a successful songwriter and did really well. And we've done a lot. You know, we've been, we've won Grammy Awards and I've written New York Times bestsellers. But what's interesting about those things is they, they leave you almost everyone, they will leave you going, huh, but, but is that all there is? If this is it, like this the pinnacle, this is it. It's not, it, it turns out that most of it, most of the time, the things that we think will be meaningful for us are not meaningful. And so <clears throat> that empty place is where we start, we start to look a little bit deeper. And so over time, uh, the, just this idea of place, and, and what can be, what can happen in your place, wherever, wherever that happens to be, um, you know, getting down to, you know, this call and what you're doing, you know, pioneering today on the new frontier is not the same thing as homesteading uh, 150 years ago. It's, it's all of these things combined. And I'm, I'm super passionate about it. So yes, it is. It is growing a garden and, and raising animals and, and uh, you know, making our own, you know, homemade meals and all the things that, that we do. But it's also navigating community uh, in today's world where community doesn't mean, like, it's just a word that's thrown. It doesn't actually mean anything, mm -hmm. especially online. Community doesn't mean anything anymore. And uh, family, it's like pioneering today is like, well, what do I do with all the other family members who don't care anything about this? 
Yeah. But what what happens after this generation? What happens with my children or my children's children or all of these things? So it's it's everything. And so what happens for me is one thing leads to another, to another, to another. And and I'm I'm looking at I'm trying to look at the wholeness of, of it all and just step into it in lots of ways. And it's it's funny how one thing leads to another. So like um, this, this is kind of like the, the idea of the Internet. Uh, a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, I, I was thinking about community and I was realizing that I, you know, I have a really, well, we had a beautiful suburban that had a, you know, it had a, there it is, a screen where Indy could watch a Disney movie while I'm driving down the road and heated leather seats. And it's about as nice as it could be. And then I had a really nice, F-350 truck, and I could go anywhere I want. And we could go anywhere. We could go anywhere, anytime, as fast as we can in the most comfort. And I started thinking, I don't think this is good for me. I don't want to be able to go anywhere. I only want to go be able to go a little bit. I don't want to go outside my community. I want it to be harder than this. I want to have to think about it. I want to, I want, it's not the idea of community. I actually want to be part of it. And so taking a cue from the Amish, who the reason that they have buggies or they have horses and buggies is not it's not so much that they're against automobiles as it is they're protecting their communities a horse and buggy will only let them go 20 miles or whatever the distance is and so it keeps their community together the second they get a get in a car i can be in cincinnati and have lunch tomorrow or you know this afternoon Mm-hmm. I can I can see the world and have anything. That's the problem with the internet. So anyway, I sold my suburb my suburban, and then I sold my truck, and all I had left is my 1954 Oldsmobile, which was just my you know now and then Sunday driver car. But when it became my everyday car on purpose, and now I have to when someone says, "Would you like to go to Cool Springs and have dinner with us?" I think I don't know if I would. I'm not sure. Or do I really need to go to the store? Uh, I start I start to tether myself to community on purpose. And and it it's life starts to get richer. So that's been a year a year or so and it's the same kind of thing that in in the cult, in our culture today it makes no sense whatsoever. But if you really start to think about it, it we we sometimes need some limitations uh, in order to like truly, truly experience things. And so I've been having them all over the place this, you know, this summer when I came home and I was like, okay, so there's no GPS. Well, that's been an interesting journey. Just going back to Rand McNally, it's been super fun and hard at times, but mostly fun because you start to use your brain, which we forgot. We don't even know how to think about where we are or where we're going or whatever most of the time. But then when I got home, I I started it just it just snowballed. Next thing you know, it's like I I want to make a cup of coffee, but where? Because I have a well, and the well like ruins my coffee pot. Uh, so where's my bottled water? Uh, I don't have any bottled water, and I went to get some, and I was like, why am I buying bottled water? I just have this Berkey. <laughs> so then I was like, all right, no more bottled water. And then I went to it was cleaning. We've been gone for a month, and I said, all right, let's got to get Indy ready for a bath. And, and while we have this big clawfoot bathtub with the shower curtain and it was all dirty and I took it down, I couldn't wash it and clean it, the vinyl curtain. So I was like, I took it outside. It couldn't come clean. I said, I got to, 
oh man, I can't order a new one online. And then I just said, okay, let's take baths for a year. Let's, let's slow. What if I slow that down? What if, what if I make it harder and better? And so for me as a grown man in a five foot bathtub at 620 in the morning, it's funny. It's super funny and slow and, and uh, all that sort of stuff. But one by one by one by one, it just, these dumb little things that make life a little bit richer and slow things down, you know, slows our food down, slows our entertainment down. Now we have to entertain ourselves. And Indy knows there's no movie going on. There's no songs except for our, our CD player. I mean, our, um, our record player. And we only have what, you know, 15 albums and we wear them out. And so she picks up her books and Indy has Down syndrome and a lot of little ones like Indy, she's eight and they might not ever read. But in the last five months, she's gone from being a reader to she's she's in third grade and she's reading at a fourth grade level and she is obsessed with it. Like she just the second she gets home, she's got a book in her lap and she wants to read it and then she wants to read something else. And and it's I think it's partly because she doesn't have something to to entertain her. And so, you know, I'm seeing good things and, and all that. So it's it's super fun. Sorry I'm talking so much. No, no, I, I love it. And and Indy, man, she's a girl after my own heart. I as I grew up like a love of books reading. Uh, when you said she was eight, I'm like, I knew when I was eight years old, I still remember it. I discovered because we would read I would read books because we didn't have television. Um and mm-hmm where I fell, fell in our family tree, all of my older seven half siblings were moved out of the house. And then my younger brothers weren't born until I was 11 and 16. So it was kind of an only child. And we lived quite rurally. There was a couple of neighborhood kids. And so I would, I would read, that was, that was my, my pastime for the most part. And I remember at Indy's age, realizing that people wrote those books and that you could at, that could be a career you could write books for a living and i knew from the time i was 8 years old that's what i wanted to be because i i just love books and stories and yeah. the way it transport now i'm like waxing poetically about books but anyways i love hearing yeah. that she's discovered that and uh is growing in that i think that's wonderful you know and it's really funny too because as you were talking we recently i've gotten to meet a couple of people in our community. And it's because like you said, something, I couldn't access something and it was hard. So my milk cow is down right now. And actually as Roy and I are recording this, the vet's going to be here in a couple of hours. She's very pregnant and has not been able to get up. And for the past couple of weeks, she keeps going down and then she would get up for a while. And and anyhow, I, I won't go into that whole long saga, but the moral of this is she first went down a week ago and it was on uh, Christmas day evening. So of course there's no vet supply stores open and the nearest uh, vet su- or dairy supply, big animal supply store to me to be able to get anything without ordering it online. Like I need to go pick it up now uh, is in a, well over an hour away from us because we live so far out. But of course they're not open. It's Christmas day. And most, most places would be closed that Monday because Christmas was on a Sunday this year. And so I, I needed to find um, a hip clamp that goes on a cow's hips and allows you to then attach it to a tractor and slowly raise them up if they can't get up by themselves. And I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, I'm talking to the vet on the phone, but they don't have any 
And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. This is something I can't just go and grab, like you were saying. And so I did still use the internet, though. I put out on Facebook yeah. to our local, uh, and I just said, local friends, does anybody have a cow hip clamp? My cow is down. I, you know, I'm kind of in desperate need. If anybody has one or you know one of anybody, can you please let me know? Here's my phone number. And lo and behold, I met a gal because someone's like, yes, who lives just in a, a town over from us, which is pretty close. And so I actually went to her place and we've started to become friends. She's a certified raw dairy. And so it was actually this really great thing because I'm now connected to someone very much in my community that I don't know if I would have met if I hadn't have had to reach out to the community. So I really, yeah, that's yeah great. I really like what it. you're saying and thinking, thinking about that. Um, and if it's not just our first reaction to jump to the internet, like you're saying, or to jump to the easy thing and go get it. Like if we do reach out to other people, what happens through that? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a great story. Yeah. Well, I would, um, we've been talking about the Amish and some of these different things and the Homestead Festival. And so I would just love for you to kind of share with people some of the things that are going on and the different uh, opportunities to connect that you guys are doing. Um, and I know the Homestead Festival. That we're, we're doing here? Yeah, yep. that you're yeah doing there at Hardison Mills. Well, yeah, we, so we started, my wife and I used to have festival, music festivals years ago called the Bib and Buckle Fest. We did it for, I don't know, five or six or seven years. <clears throat> and then we stopped in 2013 and they were just kind of an afternoon or evening of music, but they were fun. We'd have a couple thousand people here in our yard. And we stopped in 2013 and then she passed away in 2016. And, um, I've thought about it for a long time. And then this past year, we finally just realized, oh, no, we definitely need to do a festival, but not just music. We need to have a festival that has a lot more purpose than that. And so we created the Homestead Festival. And our first our first one was last June 3rd and 4th. And we've hosted some festivals for Homesteaders of America and some other folks in the years before that. But this was our first big festival. And it was amazing uh, because it, the idea for us is, you know, you, you have the opportunity not just to come learn how to grow your own food, but how to grow a life filled with meaning and purpose. And, and that actually is what my passion is, 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 help, is not what well, part of it is, I'm, I'm like you and everybody else, trying to really understand uh, what makes life more meaningful and purposeful and that's been a long long journey for me and when through the years when my wife and I started having some really big music success and things would happen and we'd be we'd be in Las Vegas at an award show and <clears throat> we're surrounded in the 10,000 people and we're down in the front four rows with our all of our heroes and they're about to call our names for nominations or whatever and my wife would be just you know, mostly enjoying it. And I would just be looking around going, what does any of this even mean? What does it even matter? And I, I just had, as you get older, you start to really, really look deeper at things and, and whether they they um, really add meaning to your life or, or they don't. And so <clears throat> this opportunity to, to create a festival that spends two days bringing in teachers who can help you learn or 
you've never even thought about learning, just maybe discover things. That that was super fun for me, and I'm super passionate about it. And then in the evening, we had music, so we had a bunch of different people, and we we took a long shot and somehow managed to get Kevin Costner and his band to come here on the last night, and uh, it was amazing. So this year, we're it's again this coming June second and third. Um, and uh, it's going to be a little bigger. We have 100 acres here, so we had about 4,000 people a day. I think we'll probably have six or 7,000. I think that's the max we could have here. Mm-hmm. So anyway, lots of folks are coming. We've got lots of speakers lined up, and then more we're adding and musicians and stuff. So that's happening, and that's going to be exciting. We also, for the last year, more than a year now, we've been working on a thing called the Homestead Channel. And that's basically an an over-the-top online television network uh, with uh, it's it's an app, so you could get it on your phones, you get all your digital devices, your your computer, your smart TVs, you know, pretty much anywhere, you know, Apple TV, Android, whatever. <clears throat> but the the idea, which is kind of funny, because I'm I'm moving off of it all at the same time that we're <laughs> that this is happening, but. It's in some ways it feels like a conflict, uh, and it, I guess it is. But in other ways, it's not really because the the internet's not going to go away, and uh, the way people experience stories and TV and video and YouTube and all that sort of stuff, that's more than likely not going to go away for a long, long, long time. And so one of the things we wanted to do was just try and create something that could just be a little, a little more unique where the, it ha- actually has a conscience that the goal isn't to just try and extract all of your time and all of your money or whatever, all of your attention on our channel. If you watch it, um, our breaks say things like this. Thanks for watching the Homestead channel. Now don't be afraid to turn this off and spend some time with your family. We, you know, the idea is is maybe it could it could provide goodness, something that could be helpful in some way, not even necessarily instructional, maybe inspirational, that maybe could make your life feel a little bit richer. And even though it's mostly a channel filled around the stories around one family, one extended family at one homestead it's really not about our family. It's like everything else by watching our family and the things that we're doing. It's like watching a movie. When you, we're watching a movie, we all sort of internalize it ourselves. It's why it resonates with us. And so that's kind of where that channel came from. And that's been going for about a month and a half and it's been fun. I mean, I can't get it, but I can see that it's going. Everybody's, everybody seems excited about it. Um, I won't be able to really watch it until you know, until next August, but I'm glad to be part of helping create things that can be on it. So those things are happening. I'm taking a year off. Well, that's a whole other thing. Now, January, we're we're just in the January and I've decided, well, I'm going to knock on some wood because it hasn't happened yet. So we'll see, but I've decided to take a year off of no concerts here at the farm. I'm going to do something totally different at the farm. And normally I, we have a concert hall here and I do concerts one Saturday night a month. And this year I've just decided, okay, no concerts. And the reason is, is I, I really want to do something more important than that. And, and they've been wonderful and we've sold out most of the concerts. It's been great. 
but I really, more than I want to sing, I really want to speak and I want to be an encouragement. So this year, um, if all goes as I hope it does, we'll actually announce at some point or our team will, they'll share something that it'll be an evening where all I do is speak and share, sort of like a TED talk, but more like a homestead talk. Uh -huh. But I'm not really talking about homesteading. It's really uh, what, what I'm passionate about is story. And so I would spend the evening sharing and talking about the power of story in our lives. And so it's something I've been passionate about for a long time. And I kind of work in a little bit in my, my uh, songs and my concerts anyway. So it's where I kind of want to go is help people to understand the power of story in their lives. So that's a big change for me to, to stop singing that way and, and to use the hall in a different way. Of course, I haven't done it yet, but that's coming. Yeah. So come well, see us. That is, that is very exciting. Yeah. So we will have links um, in the blog post that accompanies this episode, as well as, as the show notes for whatever app you guys are consuming this on and listening to the podcast on to the homestead festival to to grab tickets to that um and rory's website so you can check out all of the fun things as they come out and the homestead channel and what's really exciting too is depending because you're obviously in columbia tennessee and i'm out here on the west coast and so rory is also going to be coming and doing a well concert and or storytelling it may end up to be more storytelling um at the modern homesteading conference here on the west coast in idaho in june so i feel like kind of no matter where you live in the u.s you'll have a an option there for our east coast or west coast people and i'm i'm so glad that you are coming and i i didn't know that you were changing from the concert to the story but you know i'm not surprised a bit because it's funny when um um, I, you know, when I get to tell people that, you know, that I had gone to, uh, you know, Rory Feek's farm and stuff the first time, it's funny because people are like, oh, you know, they know you from your music, but getting to hear you talk at your different festivals and do the the singing and the different things you've had there, you really are a storyteller at heart. And and when I, you know, think of you or, or someone, you know, described now, that's actually what I say is I'm like, you're a storyteller who also sings, but I feel like storytelling yeah. is, is your, your true, your true passion. Um, and it really, and you, you usually make me cry when I hear your story, your stories, I have to be honest, but that's because they're powerful and because you do connect on that emotional level. And that, that's what makes a good story is when you feel that connection, uh, like you said, and internalize it. So I, I think that's going to be a fun and exciting move to watch unfold. So thank you so much well, for coming you. on today, Rory. Uh, I oh, yeah. always I'm excited to come to your event. Yeah, I can't wait I can't to come wait. out there and, and spend time. And uh, just, to, I appreciate you saying that about storytelling. I, I uh, you know, it's been an interesting journey for me because as, as blessed as I've been to have success telling stories, whether it's in books or a blog or um, TV or film or songs, you know, my favorite story is the one that I'm part of writing with my life, is, is the story that's unfolding. And that's, that's what's really exciting to me. And uh, I can't wait to come out. I've got to spend time with you. You came and spent a whole day early with us last, um, I guess it would have been last June, you came and just kind of gave your time and, and uh, encouragement and ideas and help for our garden and all kinds of things, which was super fun. So you've been here at our place, but I've never got to come out 
and spend time. Of course, we won't be at your homestead specifically, but I'll get to come out to your area and, and uh, spend some time there. So I'm excited you've invited me and I can't wait to be out there. Yeah, same. I'm very much looking forward to it. And it, it's funny because uh, when I got to be there, I got to meet your daughter, Hopi. And I'd met Indy before, but I hadn't got to meet Hopi. And um, we now will will text and message back and forth. And, and I have to laugh because now I have stories to tell. And that's really it. You know, it's those connection moments. And when you have those stories, uh, but uh, Hopi, whenever I hear strawberry wine on the radio, I always have to send Hopi a message <laughs> because her and I uh, had a very big song moment out in the garden planting okra <laughs> and we're, we're serenading oh, one another, great. which was so fun. So yeah, that's well, great. yeah, I can't wait uh, to see what the, the rest of the chapters that unfold in your story. So thank you for sharing them with us, Rory. Thank you. And I appreciate everything you're doing. You're doing great work and encouraging a lot of people, including me. So keep going. Thank you. I would love to hear what you think of this episode and the subject of going without the internet for a year, what you think about that. So we'd love to see that in a review or send me a message, put it in a comment on this blog post, and would love to continue that conversation. We are going to move into our verse of the week, and I think that you will very much appreciate this verse with the topic of today's episode. So we are sharing from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11, and this is the Amplified Translation. And to make it your ambition to live quietly and peacefully, and to mind your own affairs and work with your hands just as we directed you. I can't think of a more fitting verse for homesteaders, quite honestly, as minding our own business, working with our hands, and an ambition to lead a quiet life. That is definitely a verse that uh, my husband and I have actually been studying. It, not that it requires a lot of study. I don't think that's actually quite the word, right word I meant, but um, memorizing and just really meditating on that scripture and bringing it up to mind uh, to both one another as an encouragement. And so I thought it may serve the same purpose for you. And I know we talked about it in the episode, but we would love to see you. I know both Rory and myself, as well as all of the other presenters at the Modern Homesteading Conference this summer in Idaho. The price of the tickets will be going up soon, but at the time of this being published, they are still on early bird. So highly encourage you head over to modernhomesteading.com so that you can grab those tickets, which include Rory's concert. It's included in the ticket price. It is not a separate thing that you have to pay additional for. All included within your ticket price there uh, for both days of the conference and a concert by Rory on Friday night at modernhomesteading.com. Well, my friends, until next week, blessings and mason jars for now. <laughs>